Today I'd like to welcome to the PodMD studio Dr. James Alexander. James is an experienced urogynecologist and obstetrician and gynecologist, trained in Australia and specialising in pelvic floor disorders. James provides care in Sydney's North Shore and the surrounding suburbs. James completed his basic ONG training in 2017, having trained at the Royal Hospital for Women, the Port Macquarie Base Hospital and St George Hospital. He went on to complete a year as a gynaecological oncology fellow at the Royal Hospital for Women and following this commenced urogynecology training and in 2022 obtained his fellowship in urogynecology after training at Monash Health and the Mercy Hospital for Women in Melbourne. This podcast is brought to you by DPM Financial Services. DPM is a specialist medical financial advice firm that aims to empower doctors of Australia to make the right financial decisions and achieve their financial goals. We do hope you enjoy this podcast, but please remember that the advice given here is of a general nature and is not intended as specific advice about any given patient. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the doctor, not of PodMD. If you do have a patient on whom you require specific advice, then please seek that advice from a colleague with appropriate expertise in that area. James, thanks for talking with us today on PodMD. Thank you for having me, Sean. The topic of today's discussion is overactive bladder in women. James, just to set the scene for our discussion, can you briefly define overactive bladder? Sure, yeah. Overactive bladder is a common problem and is defined as an urgent need to void, which is difficult to put off. It's that sensation that when you go, you really need to go. It often causes urinary incontinence as a result, and it's a big problem. It costs patients medically, socially, and financially. How does a patient with overactive bladder typically present? Mostly, there is a story of urinary incontinence or urgency that when you drill down to the details is this need to rush to the toilet as soon as there is a sensation to go. The patient will often describe not always being able to get to the toilet in time. Although the two often coexist, this is a separate problem to stress urinary incontinence, which is that urinary incontinence that occurs with exertion, such as cough, laughter or exercise. And James, how does an overactive bladder affect the woman with that condition? Look, this is a condition that cripples women socially sometimes. My patients often describe being fearful of travelling long distances, needing to plan to have a toilet nearby at all stages of the day, and in severe cases, being fearful of leaving the home. It's also not something that's talked about easily. There is nothing glamorous about urine leakage, and there is stigma attached to the problem, so patients don't always come forward with their concerns. What are the treatment options? There are lots of options available. Mostly there is no silver bullet, but most patients can get significant improvement with evidence-based treatment, and a lot of this can be initiated in the primary care setting. Management mostly centres around conservative and medical treatments. Surgery plays a reduced role in this condition. It's firstly important to treat any reversible causes. Check for urine infection, avoid constipation, advise a healthy diet with exercise, suggest weight loss where appropriate, review medications, and reduce caffeine and alcohol intake. These are all relatively easy things to do that can improve symptoms immensely. Even reducing fluid intake to 1.5 litres a day for those drinking a large volume of fluid is likely to reduce the number of episodes of urgency and incontinence. After this, our allied health colleagues are pretty helpful here too, and a pelvic floor physio who specialises in bladder retraining and pelvic floor muscle therapy can make a world of difference. If this doesn't work, or it is not appropriate for the patient, the next options are medications. 
I often suggest using an estrogen cream at night twice a week for more mild symptoms and then considering an anticholinergic. Oxybutynin as a transdermal patch, which is on the PBS, is a good option. If this is no good, I often try solifenacin, which is not on the PBS, but now does have a generic version, which is cheaper than it used to be. The other option that can be used alone or in combination with anticholinergics is the beta agonist Mirabegron, which unfortunately is not subsidised either, but probably Thanks, has a lower Those side effect profile. Those are all treatments profile. that I'm at least familiar with from my general training, although a couple of the drugs are new to me. Um, but have there been any developments in treatment over the last few years? Is there anything uh, in trial or under development at the moment? Yeah, look, vaginal laser therapy for overactive bladder has had a lot of interest, but the evidence base for this form of treatment is currently lacking to be able to recommend its use at this stage. There has been some interesting research looking at peripheral nerve stimulation uh, using TENS machines or using some needles connected to uh, an electricity supply. These seem to have a beneficial effect, but that effect wanes without ongoing use. There has been some emerging evidence that we need to be careful of the cognitive effects of anticholinergics. And so because of this, I do prefer transdermal delivery of oxybutynin, which delivers significantly less of the active metabolite to the blood-brain and barrier And when a general practitioner the is assessing form. a patient who seems to have an overactive bladder, are there any warning signs that, that one should be aware of, for example, indicating some underlying condition? Yeah, look, some of the causes of overactive bladder that should be considered include neurodegenerative conditions such as Parkinson's disease or dementia, which may be worth investigating further. Also to be aware that occasionally a malignancy of the bladder could present with these symptoms. So inquiring about haematuria and performing urine cytology for persistent overactive bladder it symptoms is probably reasonable. It seems that there are a variety of treatments that you might use for overactive bladder and that might be good at the start, but what is the likelihood of recurrence in this condition? Well, it is hard to get rid of to start with. Sometimes treatments will eliminate most symptoms, but often treatments need to continue indefinitely. The aim with treatment is to improve quality of life. Helping a patient live happily with the condition can make a huge improvement to their wellbeing. It can be the difference between feeling socially isolated and feeling part of everyday society. Even if nothing works well, these days there are very effective containment solutions to be aware of, such as special pads and deodorizers that can help patients enjoy a good quality of life. In this case, a and continence nurse is extremely refer helpful. A patient for specialist assessment? Certainly any time a GP feels they would like to refer, they should feel comfortable. It's certainly reasonable to refer patients that have failed conservative and initial medical management for further investigation and assessment. A urogynecologist can offer intravesical Botox and sacral nerve stimulation, which have strong evidence behind their effectiveness. We frequently recommend Botox and for those do that don't James respond is the to role medication. Of the general practitioner in treating this condition. Well, often a major role. If a GP can correct the causes of overactive bladder that may be reversible and initiate early treatments, many patients will never need to see a specialist. James, thank you again for your time today in the PodMD studio. Just to sum things up for us, could you please identify three key take-home messages from your podcast today on overactive bladder? 
Sure. So number one, overactive bladder is really common and debilitating socially and financially. Secondly, begin treatment with reversible causes, optimise their general health and fluid intake, and consider bladder retraining and pelvic floor muscle therapy. And thirdly, if medical management fails after this, consider Sam, a referral to your, your local urogynecologist. Thank you very much. 